Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. It's time for the baseball podcast. we got about six weeks left in the regular season, and so we call to the bullpen and we bring in Bally Senior MLB writer David Brown. David, how are you? Wait, I'm not warm yet. Oh, no, I'm, shit. Hi, Andy, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, pretend you broke some cartilage, or a cartridge. You broke a cartridge in your side. Right. I need to have someone come blow on my cartridge. And <laughs> I wonder if Bruce get was... Maybe Bruce has often dreamt of blowing on Marcus Stroman. And that's why he had the typo. I don't know about that. I, I'm no. sure it was... A, hey, whatever... A, a single. I'm not judging. Whatever floats right. his boat is fine with me. <clears throat> so the, the trade deadline was... It seems like it was longer ago than that. It was two weeks ago and there are some teams that are already regretting <laughs> their decisions participating uh, one team that probably does, probably wouldn't change their strategy even if they knew they were going to lose basically every game are the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim Orange County Disney World or Disneyland whatever they are right. uh, but here's my question for you as a big baseball brain uh, the trade deadline is passed. There are no more waiver trades. You can't trade players. You can trade minor leaguers. You can trade guys who get DFA'd, but uh, you know you can't just make a player-for-player player trade. But uh, baseball commissioner, newly renewed baseball commissioner, Rob Manfred, has the powers that every commissioner has in the best interest of baseball. In the best interest of baseball, why doesn't Rob tell the Angels to trade Shohei to a real playoff team? <laughs> you know, I kind of thought you were going to say for a second, why doesn't he just name the Angels a playoff team? Which <laughs> is sort of the that same too. thing. That's How not great where would I thought it be? you were going. Here's Rob, a guy who is genuinely disliked by pretty much everybody except for the owners that he makes copious amounts of money for and does their bidding, which is his job. Right. Um, other than the nine fans of the Angels, who he would really upset. Think how excited everybody would get if all of a sudden he had a little press conference tomorrow and he's like, uh, anybody wants to trade for Shohei, I'll, I'll let him do it. Go get right. it. Well, and he, he does have that uh, uh, point, um, prerogative for the All-Star game. You know, he can he can name a player to that. So, you know, who's to, who's to what's to prevent him from doing it for uh, the postseason? I, I think... You're uh, you're onto something there. I think yeah, he could uh, do that. He could he could say that. Um, well, Cubs win. <laughs> Christopher Morell. Make sure you touch all the bases, Chris. <laughs> he's about to run into the left field corner. Oh, now he's naked. He's taking his clothes off. Oh, he has too many clothes on. You know he's why sure they're Dave, so excited, he... Dave? This is not just a win and a playoff hunt. Uh, that today was the deciding game in the uh, the BP um, Wintrust Payday Loans Discipio Crosstown Cup. Christopher Morell is built like Ned Flanders, by the way. Um, oh, was it? Oh, yes. I didn't know. Oh, yeah, because a tie. The White Sox had the cup, and if the if the if the next year the the series is tied, you retain it. You have to win that cup, and this gave the Cubs a three to one. Series win. That's why they're so oh, that's excited. Huge. That's um, huge. The twenty 
2017 Cubs won the cup. And there is a somewhere there is a hilarious photo of them uh, around the mound with this chintzy ass trophy in front of them. You know, the year after they won the real one. There's you right. know, 25, I guess at the time, very disinterested Cubs uh, standing around this cheap trophy. <laughs> When I think of the BP Cup, I always envision it uh, dripping with motor oil. Yeah, like a dead bird in it. <laughs> well, I didn't need. To, I guess means. I didn't need to take it to, to there. That's that's too bad. Oh, he's gonna put clothes back on for the interview. Look at he's polite. Well, Marquee is. It's not uh, Marquee after dark. After all, it's <laughs> that's right. Just he's regular Marquee. <laughs> Christopher, we will not be able to. We're gonna have to interview Nick Madrigal. He had a homer too. He sparked it with his with his basket scraper. Well, I will say that I was joking as we got on to start this. So uh, with the bases loaded and a 3 nothing deficit in the eighth, David Ross brought Michael Fulmer in. And I'm like, here's Michael Fulmer to save the season. And uh, he did. He got out of it. He got through Luis Robert and then whatever White Sox bad after Luis Robert. Uh, yeah. Doesn't Nobody really, really good after that. Montada and the Vaughn. Actually, two. Well, one good player. One player who I think has long COVID. I was going to say, does he's, I think Jan still has COVID. He never. He's no, he's. I know he's got the long COVID. I know it. I know that's my own. I'm not a doctor, but he had the regular COVID, and he hasn't been any good since having it. So right. I'm just going to give it the long COVID. No, I would. I would. I would not doubt that. I don't know what Vaughn's excuse is for being so mediocre. But he went to Cal. Maybe. Got a little Brett Jackson in him. Right. Well, I mean that. I mean, as you were, I thought it. It seemed like the kind of thing, the Fulmer, that could turn a game around, and it kind of, it kind of did. did. I mean, I don't know if it really did, but it. That seemed like a, that was a chance for the White Sox to put them away, and they didn't do it. And that's a, that's a baseball thing right there. That's a real thing. So I like it. Well, the Cubs scored four points, and if uh, Fulmer had given up a couple more points, four points wouldn't have been enough to win it. And this, you know, and all joking aside, they certainly it might come down to one game getting in the playoffs. So, oh yeah, we're gonna talk about that. I think it's absolutely. Oh. I think it's going to. I think, in fact, my guess is at least one of the wild card spots will get decided by the dreaded series record because you know, there are no extra games anymore. NFL tiebreaker time. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. I mean, how baseball has tried. Well, the wild card playoffs are, were invented to try to guarantee the the game one sixty three atmosphere every year because they loved it so right. much. And in order to do, to cram an extra team in, they have now eliminated the possibility of ever having a game one sixty three again. Right. Although honestly, that Cub Brewer one should have killed them forever. That's <laughs> dreadful. I like that Christopher Morell uh, sent his translator away. Did you see, was it lined up? He, the translator was there, and now he's yeah. just doing the interview. With right. He's like, I don't. Go like, I don't, the translator. He's like, I speak English. I don't need you. Oh, there he is. So is he that translating? Wasn't a blogger? I thought that was just a Cubs blogger out there to be happy. The translator is translating Taylor McGregor's questions from English to English. He's just trying right. to make sense of them for Christopher. <laughs> He's not saying them in Spanish. He's just cleaning them up. <laughs> right. Right. She can only actually 
it's not so much a Spanish English thing. It's that she can only speak to parents and be understood. It's like Christopher, is this your dad? Just Christopher's like, just play along. Yes, you're my dad. Otherwise, the interview's over. I did. Uh, I did dig his. Uh, I mean, he's an enthusiastic, energetic dude, but I liked him uh, running around the bases there. That was fun. Yep. He was uh, very jazzed. That's that's how. Whenever you hit a game-winning home run like that, that's how you should you should get pumped like that. I'm glad. It's uh, baseball is a game where it seems like more players are comfortable acting silly. Because it's. I think it. I, I don't think it was the Apple game. I think it was one of the marquee games. They had a good shot of him. Hugging Vladimir Guerrero at first base, and Vlad didn't uh-huh. know he was gonna get hugged, and he looked terrified. <laughs> He's like, Christopher's like right behind him. He just reaches around and hugs him, and Vlad's like, "What is going on?" <laughs> oh, it's you. What? Well, I, it's like, I hardly know you, but thanks for. <clears throat> oh, but it didn't come from the stands. Whoever that is. That's right. Wow. I mean, this is. You would be worried if this game was at Sox Park. Somebody just all of a sudden. Oh man! You. Don't even. Oh, with your Gamboa gambit, right? It's no good. You never know who's who's packing. Snake Pliskin and his son come out of the stands. <laughs> well, anyway, so that was fun. Um, but you make a good point. I I guess Rob doesn't have to make anybody. Tra- tra- doesn't have to make the Angels trade Shohei. Here's all he has to do: season ends. Shohei no longer under contract. Right. Rob just says he's available for you to sign for the playoffs. Oh, that's I like your refinement yeah. of this idea. Yeah. And all the money goes to uh, Shohei. <laughs> I was going to say charity, but screw <laughs> right. that. Right. Shohei's like, hey, I'm the one that's got to play. You know how badly they're going to abuse me in the playoffs? I'm going to pitch every game and have to DH. And probably play right field. Somehow, I'll do all three at once. I'm getting paid for this. Well, he did just beg out of uh, his upcoming start because of arm fatigue, I believe. So that's that's happening already. Yeah, that's no bueno. No. Um, I think it was. I forget what podcast I was listening to where they were talking about. We just, I think, after a while, we just take for granted because um, he makes it look easy. But the fact that it was some podcast where one of the other, one of the hosts was a former pitcher, and he's right. like, "I can't believe that dude can DH the day after a start." Right. He's like, "I'm so sorry, I can barely. I was so sorry, I could barely get out of bed." And right. he's up there taking four at bats and running around and stealing bases. It's, it's amazing. And yeah, so, I don't think we we fully have our heads around appreciating no. what he's doing yet. Still. Yeah. And I, th- you know, the assumption is going to be. You know, he's going to get 10 years and, like, half a billion dollars. That's not even an exaggeration. He's worth more than that. But how long is he going to do both? Right. And which one is he going to pick? Um, He's probably a better hitter than a pitcher, but he's probably worth more as a pitcher. Simply because there are fewer pitchers like him. Um... So if you go ahead and sign him for the ten-year deal, you might, you might, you're not, you certainly, there's no way you can get ten years of double duty, Shohei. Right. Um, but at the other hand, even if he didn't do either, like 
there's like financially, there's very little risk to signing Shohei because he's going to bring like unless you don't have a marketing department worth this shit, the amount of um, extra advertising you can get is going to make up maybe not the whole fifty million, but if you think right. he's thirty million more than a average player, average free agent, you're going to make that back. Right. Well, and this is uh, just kind of thinking of things on the fly. This is why it, it might be somehow behoove Major League Baseball to have like a, a fund or something for, I mean, the owners would never go for this, but, you know, the league, the, everyone should pay for having Shohei around because he's so great and he's so good for the league and he's so different and he's so valuable. I mean, I don't it's going to be up to one team to pay him, but there should be like some sort of Shohei revenue sharing fund where uh, just having him around, everybody kicks in a little bit because it's good for insurance. It's good for the league. I don't know. I don't, it's uh, some kind of socialism thing that I'm thinking of, but that was it's uh, my, my idea was uh, the Cubs and White Sox should sign him. <laughs> yeah. And they just <laughs> split him up. I'm so sore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good job, Shohei. Uh, you got a game eight miles south in about three hours. What? I have to play for both teams today? Well, yeah. Uncle Jerry's not paying you for nothing. Get over there. That might not work. I don't know the rules. But I think that I think you should be able to do that. Right. Um... It is funny because when I was, what was we? We were, we were both when I was twelve and thirteen. We qualified for the state tournament, and we got to pick. We got to take like three players from other teams in our conference to join our team to go down state. That's weird. Yeah, and so basically, this could just be baseball doing the same thing. Yeah, the playoff teams can each add a guy from a team that didn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So you can fill a hole in your team. Like, if the Cubs do make the playoffs with, like, one and a half starting pitchers, they can go get a couple off, you know. They could take a... You can all of a sudden... Have, well, they're probably going to make the playoffs, but you could have uh, Brandon Woodruff and uh, and Corbin Burns. New Cubs. <laughs> right. For the Regional playoffs. picks. Yeah, you just have to take somebody out of your own out of your own division. Right. See, I'm full of I'm full of good ideas. No Cardinals though. Well, why would you want any of those losers? <laughs> um, I didn't bother to look, but I saw that the uh, A's were up seven to nothing on them, and I was like, "Oh, I didn't know Adam Wainwright pitched tonight." <laughs> but I it's funny because over the weekend the Royals tattooed him, and I saw the score it was eight nothing in the second, and I was like, "Oh, I know who's pitching that game." Yeah, right. <laughs> and it was him, which made my day. He stayed just a little too long. Yeah. Surprised that the... you got to give him credit. He somehow had a, had a good year last year throwing 83 miles an hour. But He did. He can only do that for so long. Um, all right. So I wanted to... Um, we did we did a similar thing uh, a, few, a couple of months ago where we took an early look at teams and just crossed them off. 
right. and said, all right, you're not going to do it. Well, this, we don't have to do that. But I thought we would look at the... Uh, We'd look at the playoff picture in both the National League and the American League with six weeks to go and right. try to make a little sense of it. Um, so let's start with the National League. And I think uh, we're probably safe in saying that the Atlanta Braves are going to make the playoffs. With their 208 uh, run differential and 12 and a half games in the standings. So, yes. Yeah, a 12 and a half game lead over over two teams that right now are in playoff position. You know, it's not they like are. they're running away in the Central. Oh, I guess I shouldn't say that because the Central has two teams that are pretty close to. Uh, the Dodgers have a nine and a half game lead. It's funny. This is like a Dodger team that is not as good as they've been in the past for various reasons. And for a good long while this year, it looked like the Diamondbacks might actually just win that division. And right. they're now 12 and a half games out. So, right. funny how that works. Uh, so then you get to the uh, the four playoff spots. Somebody's got to win the Central. And then three wildcard teams. And currently, if the season ended right now... It'd be a big shock to everyone. Um, but it would be the the Brewers would win the Central. The Phillies would be the wildcard team with uh, the, gets the home games. Right. And, the, and then the Giants and... Oh, i got to look this up. So the Reds are currently tied, a flat-footed tie, with the Miami Marlins. Right. So we got to see who is, if they've played all their games. Who won them all? I wrote a thing last week where I broke all this down. I don't remember any of it. So, Oh, how about this? They tied. Oh, man. So Is that when we do we go to point differential or <laughs> conference record or coin flip? All right. First tiebreaker is head-to-head. Second would be division record, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it is. Yes, intra-division record. Right. Okay, so, okay, the Reds are, people love hearing us not break all this down. Yeah. The Reds are 16-23 and 23 against their own division. Yikes. The Marlins are 14-19 and 19 against their own division. Yeah, neither is good. Well, we don't know. But we do know that they are tied for the third, that we know that there are four teams within a game and a half of that last wildcard spot. Right. Currently, the Reds and the Marlins are tied. The Cubs and the Diamond the Cubs are a half game back, and the Diamondbacks are a game and a half out. And then there's the Padres, lingering back there, five out. Right. Even their... the Mets are. I mean, the Mets are seven and a half out. That's probably too many. But they could get Edwin Diaz back. But there's the Padres with their plus sixty one run differential. Five right. games out. 0-10 in extra innings. It's yep. in 19 in one-run games. That's some bad luck. Yeah, if they had gone 5-5 five and five in those extra inning games, they would be in the – they'd be a half game out. Right. They could still get hot. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. You know, are we – you look at the roster and you think, well, at some point, right, 
They have to put right. it together and start to win. But you know, they could. I, I would at this point. I would like their chances even more than Arizona, just based on how Arizona's played for a while. Even though Arizona's three and a half games better off in the standings, I would say that the Padres still have a run in them to get into the mix. And I still think you're, you're probably looking at Miami and Arizona dropping out a little bit. So we think that the well, and you could have the and the Giants are just kind of hanging on by their fingernails. Yeah, I I see that they could easily drop down to five hundred quick. And they have a the Giants have a far tougher schedule than yeah. the Cubs or the Padres have a fairly tough schedule, not as tough as the Giants. The Cubs have the easiest schedule. Um, so that's got to play into it somewhere. The Reds. Um, every time you think they're about ready to pack it in, and remember they're the Reds, they get frisky and they win a couple of games. Right. If they were to get pesky, that'd be the Red Sox. That's right. And they're, with their big pole. <laughs> um, but yeah. I think my prediction was, this was last week I wrote this article, was that the wildcard teams would be the Phillies, the Cubs, and the Padres. Yeah, I think that's that's not a bad bet. I would guess that it's probably more likely at this point, just given that we've gone another week and the Padres have still kind of sat in the same spot. Um, If I had to re-pick, I think I would go Phillies, Cubs, Reds. Yes, I was just going to say that. I think that's what it'll be. Crazy that the much maligned NL Central could have three playoff teams. That's funny. They'll all be done after three days. But hey, right. they'll be in. The nearly maligned a- as 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 much AL Central won't have that kind of experience. Actually, I guess so. they wouldn't all be done because one of them has to win. One of them's probably going to play Milwaukee. Hmm. The Reds right. or the Cubs are probably going to play the Brewers. So some. And somebody's got to win. That's how it works in baseball. But it'll be interesting. Um, All right. So now we go look at the American League. And um, there are one division. Well, there's probably two division races that are still in play. I guess technically three because the AL Central... but the Twins have, at least in the in the second half, put a little distance between them and the sub-500 teams. <laughs> right. They're the only team in the division with a winning record. They have a four-and-a-half game lead over the Guardians, who couldn't score if you left them alone in the park. Um, so let's say I think we probably – I don't want to speak for you. But I think the Twins are in. The Central's over. Um, Agreed. The East is very much uh, still in play. Baltimore, two and a half game lead over the Rays. The Rays have their own issues, self-inflicted, and uh, every pitcher they have's arm has fallen off. 
And then the AL West, the Rangers have a three-game lead over the Astros. So that's probably too close to call. I think the Rangers will probably hang on. They've been in front long enough. Yeah. They've, they've had some uh, regression, and they're still in front. I think the Astros are just flawed enough. But... So the AL wildcard has, uh, similarly, five teams within three games. Right. Uh, Tampa and Houston have, as of August 15th, 16th, whatever day it is, I can't do calendars. Um, Tampa has a very comfortable five-and-a-half game lead for the first wildcard spot. Houston three games to the second. But it leaves the Blue Jays, the Mariners, and the Red Sox. Um, all within three games for that last spot. And it's funny because I don't think... Um, I, I I was, until a week ago, I would have been surprised that, that, that Seattle was that close. Me too. I think I declared them out. Yeah. A few weeks ago when we did this. And then the Red Sox, who uh, got a gift win last week when a ball got stuck in the light in the scoreboard. I don't know if you saw that. There was an. I did not see it. So a uh, ball hit the left field that was going to score um, two runs, and one of them would, uh, one of them would have tied the game. In the is it the eighth or the ninth? It was late, and. Um, uh, Yoshida couldn't find the ball. It had bounced over his head, and he's like frantically running around in the outfield trying to find it. And finally, somebody pointed. You know, they have the lights for the balls and strikes, and one of the big right. red lights had a, you know, you could see like gold coming out of it, and it was just the light from the light bulb. The ball had broken the thing, it had broken the light, and, and stuck in the wall. Right. And so it was an automatic, it was a, I guess that's a ground rule, though. No. I guess that's a ground rule, because they've got their scoreboard on the field. There's a there's automatic is like the rules yeah. for every park, and I don't think a ball being stuck in a light in the scoreboard is uh, every park doesn't have that one. So I guess that's a ground right. rule double. It's kind of like the year in the White Sox Cubs where the Cubs won a game because a ball went into like the little drainage thing. Sammy couldn't mm-hmm. find it, and uh, it saved the Cubs. And there was all I talked to the mayors were going to trade one of their pitchers. And they didn't. And they're probably they glad so they many. didn't. Because they kind of need them. Um, and they had that crazy game on Sunday with the Orioles um, that looked like it ended like three different times. Right. Um, Givens made an incredible catch to rob a homer and then uh, look, he saved the game, and the very next hitter hit a homer to tie it, sent it to extra innings, and then he hit a home run, and they ended up winning. So that was fun. Yeah, I, I think the uh, the division leaders right now, I mean, you say it's too close to call. You're, tr- you're right, but I think the Orioles will hang on. Too many uh, injuries and indictments coming against the Rays. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, Texas hanging on against Houston and Minnesota hanging on against Cleveland. So I think it'll the, the super interesting race will probably be Toronto versus Seattle. Battle of the 77 expansion teams, as like Les Grobstein probably would have put it. Yeah. I don't think the Red Sox are any good. The no. Yankees aren't any good. The, the Angels keep – I mean, they won tonight, but they, they keep beating themselves. So I think it'll be Toronto and Seattle duking it out for the spot. Well, it's funny. The Angels, they got a lot of credit for not selling and for adding players. But they added, like, Mike Moustakas. Right. It's like, all right, guys. They added added Eduardo Escobar. It's like, uh, how far are we moving this needle? Right. Well, I mean, they're – it was sort of the similar philosophy to what they did in the offseason where they added a bunch of okay players who yeah. are better than the negative replacement players that they had in the lineup due to injuries and whatever the year before. So, I mean, they were improving, but they were going, you know, they're sort of improving toward 500 rather than toward 90 wins. They did add Randall Gritchick, though. Uh huh. They righted that wrong. They brought him home. <laughs> right. They got back a, a bunch of guys from their 2014 draft. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this draft was pretty good. What do we do with all these guys? Well, shockingly, they're all available. Bring them back. Let's do it. Um, it is funny to like flip around on extra innings, and I landed on an Angels game one night, and I was looking at their first baseman. And his name was Cabbage. <laughs> right. And he's, and he's Trey Cabbage. There's two others. There's two other right. Cabbages out there. He's the Trey Mancini of Cabbages. And Trey is his given name. Right. Trey Aaron Cabbage. He's from Knoxville. He was a fourth-round pick for the Twins. And he's a I real would like guy. Tra- I would like Trey Cabbage and Cole Sulcer, which sounds like Cole Swan. <laughs> To play together. I'm sure they will. I don't know when Trout is is, uh, coming back. They just had an update, sort of, that he's almost ready for baseball activities. That's important. Right. Speaking into the baseball. Yes. You're right. They've cleared him for golf. Right. As he could come back also, to the, he could come back tomorrow if we were golfing. Well, we're not golfing. Also, also lawn bowling is a go. <laughs> not jarts, though. We're very worried about what will happen if right. Mike tries to play jarts. He's the kind of guy that will somehow stick in his neck. Right. I want the Mariners to make the playoffs just because I – I want to see more of the big dumper. Yeah, yeah Cal Raleigh. <laughs> I just love that that was his actual nickname, too. Right. Did we ever get an explanation? No. I mean, I assume it's because of the size of his butt, but I like to think that maybe it's just that somebody coming coming out of the clubhouse one day was like, oh, God. <laughs> Cal was just in there. You know, the big dumper. 
So if you don't have a if you don't have a match, do not go in there. <laughs> and I'd like for um, Joe Davis to have to explain that during the playoffs. He'd do it very excitedly. Like, yeah. All right. You wouldn't believe the size of the shits this guy takes, Joe. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, that's more of a Vince Scully. <laughs> yeah, it goes into an eight-minute story. Right. <laughs> and the amount of fecal matter was alarming to everyone involved. That's ball two to Wallach. I also like how his name is. Uh, his names are two different places. Yeah, and he's actually from North Carolina, the capital of which is Raleigh. And I, I think I've meant to ask him about that. I just couldn't figure out a way to do it. I thought I'd get an idiot, so I didn't. <coughs> Did your family found the town? So we're gonna ask him. <laughs> right. Uh, on um, on Marquee on uh, Sunday, uh, Cubs were losing, and they would end up um, three and a half games behind the Brewers by the end of that game. And the Jim Deshays on the air looked at the Cubs' schedule. The next 12 games were all against losing teams. And the Brewers, who have to go to, like, play the Dodgers and play the Rangers and the Twins before they get to the Cubs and then play on the 28th of August. And Jim declared that the Cubs would be in first place when the teams met again. Mm. And I thought, I mathematically, I just don't think... I mean, I know it's mathematically possible, but it's kind of not. Because Unlikely. In an 11, in 11 Brewer games, the Cubs would have to pick up four full games on them. And uh, so I did the math. And it basically, unless the Cubs, which they already can't do, <laughs> um, I guess they can. They have to go like ten and two, and then the Brewers go, you know, six and whatever, six and five, and that would get them into first. Right. Um, it would made for a fun segment on a baseball game. Jim just basically talking, admittedly talking out of his ass. <laughs> Because <laughs> he was basically saying, I don't know if they can, but I'm just going to guarantee that they will. Doesn't hurt me none. Right. Get what you get, what you pay for. Although some people probably are paying to get Marquee exclusively over the air. But it's it's funny because the um, some guys will look at, in fact, I just read somebody, and they're right. Somebody looked at the division, and they're like, well... Um, the Cubs were four games behind the Brewers going into tonight. And they were like, you can't make that up in six weeks. And it's like, well, of course you can. Sure. But it doesn't happen very often. And that's what this guy's point was. was right. Yeah, it seems easily attainable. And then there's the other problem is that the Reds are in between. Mm-hmm. So you have a, this other variable out there. You can look up and, oh, the Brewers lost, and oh, the fucking Reds won. So that doesn't really, you know, we we gained on one, we didn't gain on the other one. So that can be a problem. But I think, um, you know, everybody's not the 64 Phillies or the 
what what year did the Mets just completely implode? Mm. That was more recent. Where the Mar- Marlins caught him coming down the twenty oh eight, maybe I don't know. And the eighty seven Blue Jays, I think. They just had yeah, to, they just had to beat the Tigers once, and they didn't. Well, right. So it does happen, but it doesn't happen that often. But what is intriguing is the Cubs and the Brewers play the last three games of the season against each other. Mm. So, where are where are those games? Uh, those games, I believe, are up in the uh, uh, retractable roof dairy barn. Carlos Sembrano no hitter field. Yeah, they have to be because the the one on the twenty eighth is in Chicago. So yeah, they're finishing up up there, up north. Uh, the Cubs finish with three in Atlanta and then three in Milwaukee. And you're really figure, you're hoping that those three against the Braves, the Braves are like, you know, you know Ronald Acuna is pitching, and uh, Ozzy Albies always want to learn how to catch, so he's going to do that <laughs> for three games. So you're hoping that's what's happened. Um, now, prior to that, the Cubs um, have a, a 12-game stretch where nine of the games are against the Rockies and the Pirates, though. Hmm. Those, those are those can be a trap, man. Yes, but well, I and mean, if three of them are in Colorado, and all kinds of crazy shit happens in Colorado, right? So, yeah, it's. That's the thing, right? I mean, you look at it, and you've got the easy, you've got the easy schedule, but um, right, and the Cubs come out for you know nine plus seven or eight innings against the White Sox and look dead. They 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 come away with a tie in the series. It very quick, easily could have been o two. So yeah. yeah, they basically got their asses kicked for. 16 innings. Right. And ended up with a split. That's why they play the games. Yeah. I mean, Cub fans don't have to look back any farther than the 04 Cubs. And they had the, so they they had their six of the last nine games were against the Mets and the Reds. And then they had three with the Braves who, they, who were going to have long ago clinched. And they lost the biggest gut punch game they had a three run lead in the ninth against the Mets and blew it right thanks to Ryan Dempster and LaTroy Hawkins mostly Dempster LaTroy wore that one but um and they couldn't beat the Reds at home the Reds were terrible Austin Kearns like destroyed them so I always get a little uh, when uh, I mean you'd rather play bad teams than good teams right but it doesn't mean you're going to beat them you know, even the worst teams, you know, they win 60 games. They got to be, they got to win them against somebody. All right, well, circling back to my original thing. If you were going to, if you were Rob Manfred, we just looked at who we think is going to make the playoffs. Where would we put him? Where are you going to put Shohei? for maximum um, fun and I mean you don't want to put him on a team that's going to go home the first weekend 
I'm thinking, well, there's two answers to this. One, it's the Dodgers, because that's where he's going to spend the rest of his career anyway. <laughs> they can already um, get used to the clubhouse. Right. Or, more fun, maybe, the Orioles. Because the Orioles really uh, didn't serve them their fans very well by just getting Jack Flaherty. I'm sure he's fine, but, I mean, they, they should have. I mean, that's where Verlander should have gone if they could have pulled it off. Or somebody like that. That's what they needed for a postseason series to go with this great story. So, I, um, you know, one of those two places for, for those reasons. That's where I'd put them. But you don't want to reward John Angelos. I don't want to reward John Angelos. Certainly not. It would be about rewarding Orioles fans, I guess. But, um, I mean, you know, you bring up a good point. But – I don't want to reward the Dodgers owners either, but I think that that would be kind of a funny thing to do. Um, and if we wanted like a third choice, I don't know. Um, maybe the Cubs. I'd go Friends for that. Say, I'd go for uh, that if they wanted to. You probably would. Yeah. He'd make a nice backup to Christopher Morrell. <laughs> Russ, where are you going to bat Saya? What? Oh, I can't mess with the lineup. He'll make, we might pinch hit him late. And we're and is he going to pitch game one? Well, no, that's Justin Steele. Game two? No, that's Kyle Hendricks. <laughs> All right, Dave, we're taking him back. What? Go with the experience. Yes. All right, deal's off. <laughs> Screw you. We're going to the Brewers. There you go, smart guy. That's what you get. <laughs> Jack around Shohei, and now he's a Brewer. The other choice might be someone like uh, the, the A's, just to. I mean, it, that's not a playoff team, so that would, it wouldn't. But I, I don't know. I'm trying to make a joke there. I'm not sure what it is, but it'd be funny just then to put Shohei on the worst team, and they wouldn't have any games. So I don't know. Well, we workshopped it. It was good. We did. I liked it. Um. Yeah, so looking back at the at the trade deadline and the the teams that didn't do anything like the Giants. I mean, they got AJ Pollock hmm. who's now on the injured list. Anytime you can trade for a guy who's hitting 187 and is about to be released, I think you have to do it. So that was a good move. Um but that was a team that was in dire need of like like it's a good team, but with needs, right? Right? Like they, they still trying to cobble together an offense, <laughs> and they have injuries on the on their starting rotation. They don't do anything, and um, you know now it looks like they might not even be able to hang on to a wild card spot, right? Um, but then you have a team like the Cubs, who didn't decide until, if you believe Jed. The night, the I guess two days before, because it was the they decided on the thirtieth that they were going to buy instead of sell, and they traded for. Um, th- this is more a window into the quality of hitters that were traded at the deadline. They might right. have got the best one in Jamer Candelario, right. who I mentioned last week in the podcast that when he was with the Cubs the first time, I thought his name was Heimer. <laughs> right. Um. 
So uh, they got him, and they bat him, and he's played really well for them. He's over 400 since they got him, and they bat him seventh. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, don't want to mess. Don't want to mess with the top of that order. So that's good. Um, but it has it has certainly helped the Cubs. Like that was a they went and they did. Now they 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 didn't trade Cody Bellinger. They decided not to trade like the fifth best player in the National League. <laughs> <laughs> they had to be had their arm twisted, and they're like, "Okay, fine, we'll keep him. We'll try to win games, I guess." And they cut Marcus Stroman, who I don't know even if they had decided they want to sell. I don't know what, the, he, you know, he was terrible since just before the break, ERA over ten. He was on the injured list. Actually, no, he wasn't. He hadn't gone the injured list yet, but he clearly was something wrong with him. Um, Do you think his rib uh, cartridge injury goes back? Is that why he's been bad because of that, or is that a result of? No, the rib cartridge seems to be a shock. He had um, he had been pitching with a bad hip. Right. That apparently is what had made him bad. Mm. And then he, um, so this was <laughs> on Sunday um, during her first hit. Taylor McGregor mentioned that Marcus Stroman had just pitched before the game had pitched a thirty-five pitch bullpen and everything had gone great and he was on. Uh, track to be activated on Wednesday to, and pitch against the White Sox. She gave a... They go to her like eight times a game. They went to her later and um, she said he had pitched another 35 pitch bullpen. <laughs> and I'm like, 70. wait a minute. They got him up in the middle of the game and made him do it again? <laughs> Apparently, uh, she didn't She didn't mean another as opposed to that day, even though she'd already told us about it once. She met another compared to another one he had pitched a few days before. Okay. Um, but then when all of a sudden they were like, well, we're just going to have to have Javier Assad pitch on Wednesday. I thought, well, that's what you get for making poor Marcus throw two thirty-five <laughs> pitch bullpens an hour and a half apart. This is what you deserve. Um, but it's re- this is a really... The, the, the update from the Cubs is ominous. Yeah. Because... The Cubs' uh, training staff are, are always the most optimistic people in the world. Like, everybody's day-to-day, and nobody's going to need to go on the injured list. And then, like, six days go by, and the guy still can't walk. And then right. they, they finally get him x-rayed. And then the x-rays are negative. And then two more days, the guy still can't play. And then they get an MRI, and they're like, oh, shit, he's hurt. And then they put him on the injured list. Right. The fact that they're like, we don't even know when he could possibly come back is I worried that he was like um, maybe someone was giving him last rights somewhere because when the Cubs <laughs> are like we don't know that's very bad um, we're not as we're not worried about his rib cartridge at all anymore we're more worried about the fact that he hasn't been breathing for the last hour and a half <laughs> yeah the, the rib cartilage <laughs> is from trying to do CPR that's right we cracked it <laughs> how did he hurt his ribs I don't know it may have been related when we had to crack his chest we did what <laughs> so that was an issue. I, I mean, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Like the Reds and the Orioles have these good teams, but it was no real shock at the deadline that neither one of them really did very much, right? Because their ownership is basically like, "Hey, look, we gave you a good team. Enjoy it. Be happy." And like, um, okay, now isn't the time? Isn't now the time to even get better? What? Yeah. Uh, 
But the Reds really did. The Reds need pitching, and the Reds didn't do anything of note. Um, the Brewers in their perennial quest to find offense. Uh, Carlos Santana. They, the, the Brewers are, you know, the embodiment of, you know, enjoy the journey when it comes to the quest to find offense. They're just happy to keep looking. They don't really want to find it. They're just going to keep looking, no matter what they do. So, yeah, I've been, I've been complaining, nonstop, and I'm not going to stop <laughs> about the Cubs batting Ian Happ third. Right. He's slugging under 400 on the season. They have the guy who bats behind him is slugging 150 points higher than him. Right. And it's like, how about we get Cody more at bats than Ian? With that, and they even had a game end the other day with Cody Bellinger on deck, watching Ian have strikeout mm-hmm. at the game. And it's like, this we don't need to do this. So one of my readers um, kind of asked out loud on Twitter, who gets less production out of their three hole than the Cubs? And he decided to look it up. And in the National League. There's one team. Right. Who do you think it is? The Brewers. It's the Brewers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, what a race to the finish it's going to be in the <laughs> Central. But it's funny, the Brewers are, st- I guess, are they still batting Christian Yelich? They're still leading him off? I believe so. Because um, I think they've turned the magic lights back on the scoreboard for him. Because <laughs> all of a sudden he's starting to hit again, and it's like maybe he should move down in the order a couple of slots. So there's, but I don't know. I mean, who's going to get on in front of him on that team? Mark Canna. Is that who yeah, they're, they're counting on? <laughs> That's the other guy they added. <laughs> and I get it. This was a deadline where, I mean, this is what the owners wanted, right? We add playoff teams. Everybody's in it. We can all sell the illusion of we're all in a playoff hunt. Right, but then if you don't move the trade deadline, then at the end of July nobody wants to be seen as giving up. So there aren't a lot of players out there to get. I mean, the Mets took the the most extreme thing ever. They just decided, all right, this is our chance to replenish our farm system in the weirdest way possible. We're going to take these super expensive pitchers the teams want, and we're going to pay you a lot of money to take them and in return you're going to give us your best prospects we're going to buy your best prospects and it's basically what they did especially from the rangers um but most teams were like well no we're not not trading this guy we might you know our fans are going to get pissed we're only five out right yeah and the concern i had when the, they floated the expanded playoffs was a team like the Cubs. Um, feeling like, okay, we don't have to build a 90-win team to make the playoffs. We have to build, like, an 83- or 4-win team. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot cheaper than a 90-win team or a 95-win team is to do this. Um, and so, well, you know, we'll, our offseason will be full of Trey Mancini and Eric Hosmer and Brad Boxberger. That ought to be enough. Mm-hmm. And none of those guys worked out, but it's kind of enough 
because some of the guys, the other guys, they did get like Cody and Dansby, who they actually did spend some money on, and they won't learn that. That won't be the lesson they learn. It won't be. We were in the playoff hunt because of the two guys we spent real money on, who were two of our best players. They'll be like, you know, look at all these guys we signed for cheap, and we ended up making the playoffs, even though right. they discarded all of them by the time they got to July. None of the, their raft of mediocre white guys, there's only a few of them still hanging onto the door out in the North Atlantic. Um, and one of them saved their season tonight, Michael Fulmer. Do you think the New York Yankees are going to finish under 500 for the first time in 30 years? I think they'll probably figure out a way to scratch. They're, I haven't looked at their schedule. You know, I don't know if they're that bad. And they're so, only one under. It's not like they're... But New York fans are freaking out because they're the Yankees, and they're one under, and they haven't finished under 500 since 1993. Right. Yeah, so uh, you know, I, I don't. I, they'll probably win a couple more games. You know, they'll probably go eighty-three and seventy-nine, but you know, I think they see that there are some issues with their process and their. You know, the the Yankees are a little bit of the embodiment of what you're talking about. I mean, they've they've obviously they spent a lot of money, but they've only spent it to a certain point. You know, they yeah. they won't do the luxury tax and if one or two things go wrong you know they, they have the same problems that any team that spent a hundred million less has you know it's it's not the line isn't that great and they're just not willing to spend like old george did in the old days to make up for the things that go wrong so they, they kind of they have their team and you know that at the beginning of the year and that's it and it's not you know they're not they're not going to get into spending contests anymore, and uh, this this team the past couple of years has has needed a, a little bit of a push, and they just won't do it. Well, and then they had their um, they had that awful loss on Sunday where they were up like seven to two in the eighth, yeah, and seven to three in the ninth. They ended up losing eight to seven, and the tying and winning run scored on a double down the line that Aaron Judge couldn't run after. Like he's not healthy enough to sprint after the ball. Right. So you watching this, you know, this great player but this guy with a bad leg, you know, looking like he's running 40% while the tying and winning runs <laughs> are scoring and they had a game right. earlier that week where Giancarlo Stanton got thrown out at home by like 15 feet on a ball that when it was hit looked like it was easily going to score him for the same reason. He can't. He couldn't sprint. Right. It's like, ugh. And then they had the weird um, concussion thing with Rizzo where you know, right. people looked back at that where he got kneed in the head on a weird throw to first base where he was trying to take the throw. And his numbers from that point on had dropped off precipitously. He hit like 171. But it went on for, for two months. Right, and then they put him on the they put him on the concussion injured list. Right, it's like how do you let a guy play for two months with a concussion? So there are problems, and then there's there's people out there who, um, and I would be, I, if I were a Yankee fan, they Brian Cashman's been their general manager for twenty three years, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. It's like, does he really just have a job for life?
that's the Yankees. I really only I only tune in to listen to John and Susan. And it doesn't matter to me whether the Yankees win or not. I just enjoy listening to those two. They're old timey yucking it up on the broadcast. Right. Um Well, I mean it is I guess it's a good thing we've got um we're sitting here with six weeks to go and there are the wild card races in both leagues are we couldn't we're guessing who we think is going to make it. and that's what right. they want they want yeah all of this will be worth it for the fun games you should get the last 10 days of the season all that we've said about how it would have been nice if the reds had made a move or whatever team that's close uh you know they're still right there and uh you know, they, they didn't have to make a move to be in it. Right. You know, they obviously would have been better, but they're in it anyway. And, uh, you know, that's that's what MLB wants, you know, wants us to be happy with that. So, and it is, I guess it is better than having a bunch of wide margins that can't be overcome. Yeah. So. so, that's the fun of it. We'll see what happens. All right. Okay. Thanks, Andy. Well, thanks. Many of us have herpes.